want to give a shout out to Pastor St. Alot Marilis and the Awana Clubs of Corneon, Haiti. When a mom came complaining that ever since her son started attending Awana, he's been disagreeing with the family practice of voodoo, the pastor responded with, your son got saved by Jesus Christ and now knows the truth. This boy told his parents about Jesus, they accepted him as their savior and burned all their voodoo belongings. Welcome to the final episode of season two of the Awana Club's podcast. My name is Tim Samval. I'm the executive producer. But today I'll be serving as your host as I get to interview our four normal hosts of the podcast, Linnea Samval, Andrea Perkins, Scott Connor, and Hunter Williams. We'll be talking about a number of things, including some wins that we saw this year, uh, maybe some challenges that some of your clubs have faced. And we'll end the podcast talking through uh, what you can do personally for yourself um, as we take a little break for summer, as well as uh, what you can do for your club as, as you prepare for next season. So we're glad you're here. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Are you a church that keeps refreshing its ministry by updating your resources and learning new skills to make your child discipleship as effective as possible? Or would you like to be? Then you should become an official Awana member. For just $125 a year, you get 30% off all Awana Club products, exclusive access to special and seasonal discounts, training from Awana Basics online, plus added visibility for your church on Awana Finder, our national website to help new families discover your Awana program. Go beyond just using Awana curriculum and sign up for a membership today at awana.org slash become dash a dash member. Welcome back to the Awana Club's podcast. As we uh, said, this is our last episode of season two. Thank you for those of you that have um, listened throughout this year. I am joined again by our four hosts that have stuck with us through this year um, and have done just an awesome job of leading us and, and leading these podcasts. Um, I, I will start with a thank you to them and for all that they've done and it's, it's been it's been great. So thank you guys for joining me today for this podcast. Uh, hopefully we're going to have some fun. We've got some questions to to pose to you guys that, that you guys can field. So uh, let's start with a fun one, actually. Um, I'd love to hear a favorite story that you guys have either experienced or, or heard from a church as you guys have gone around. That would be awesome. So who wants to take this one first? I'll take this one. This is Linnea, Tim's wife. Um, we heard a great story from uh, down here in San Diego. There was a church um, whose senior pastor went to the leadership and told them about his daughter, who is a TNT clubber. And she at school one day, they had a lockdown and um, it was, those are scary for kids. They're just, you know, you're shut in the room, the doors are locked, the wind, everything is just kind of scary and unnerving. So he asked her um, how she felt, if she was scared, what was going on. And she told her dad, you know what? I was okay. I just sat there and recited my TNT verses. I just practiced my verses the whole time. And that gave her peace and such a cool, practical, life-giving story um, of a kid who 
has grabbed onto the memorization piece of it, but then how God can really work in their lives in practical real life um, examples. It was just, it was really encouraging for us to hear about that. And and so much about what we want to be about is discipleship and, and not, as we've talked about, not just be section signers. Um, and that was just such an encouragement to us to hear about a, a child that, that's got it. Um, and this was a little third grader. Um, and it was like, man, that is, that's powerful. And talk about an encouragement to the leaders. The leaders were, were so pumped up. Um, this was a brand new church. They just started this year. Um, and, and to hear that kind of story of, of what they've invested in, um, and to have that kind of response so quickly was was just really cool. So um, somebody else, another cool story that you guys have heard. Well, I had a, a great story come in from one of my churches on the south side of Fort Worth. So this is Andrea down in Texas. Um, I have a church in Burleson, Texas, uh, who meets on Wednesday nights, one Wednesday night in about October, um, this whole gaggle of visitors came in, like 11 people, like two moms and nine kids. They were all refugees from the Ukraine. No one spoke English, but someone had let them know that like going to a church was how to be connected when you want community in Texas, which is wonderful. Um, but they welcomed and took these two families in, not only connected them to a lot of resources to meet physical needs, but they've been coming to Awana. Like they participated in Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago. Um, but they do that with Google Translate. Like they're using Google Translate on their phone, which, you know, can sound a little bit risky, but it's better than nothing. You know, you double check what, <laughs> what hopefully it's actually saying. Um, and then finding, of course, a version of the Bible um, in Ukrainian, they do speak kind of a regional dialect. So it's not totally their heart language, but it's understandable. And they're just like going outside of, of normal club <laughs> protocol pretty far um, to be able to minister to these people who are coming from such a difficult situation. And um, I did, I got to meet them a couple of weeks ago and it was just beautiful to see these kids just sitting on the row, hugging their friends. Like they are part of that Awana club, even though their communication is really challenged. Wow. That is awesome. I love that. To God be the glory for that. I mean, what a cool thing. That's really, really good. Scott, you have a story to share by chance? Yeah, certainly. So um, I'll share about my my wife, actually. She's a TNT small group leader. She's actually the director of, the, of our club here in Cadillac, Michigan. And, uh, Boy, it is just really neat. This past year, there she had a, a girl in her TNT small group uh, that she had been working with and just kind of come from a troubled home, right? Um, and how you guys all probably have these kids in your clubs, right? That uh, just, you know, really challenging. And it was difficult for her to even bring her book. But I think through the, 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 the loving, caring adult that my wife was in her life, just really have an impact in her life. Um, she just a couple weeks ago got her first little Chevron, uh, showing that she completed a group of sections and it was like, it, she just was glowing and it's really awesome to see that, um, something, a really huge accomplishment for her. Right. And, and so Leah was certainly celebrating that, but I, I just kind of, you know, again, talked to my wife, I was like, honey, you know, it's because you care. It's because you love, it's because you've invested in this kid that she's now, uh, seeing this as discipleship and being able to, you know, grow through it and, and succeed in this way. So really ex excited to see where this goes with her. Um, but I just love to share that with you. That sense of belonging, huh? Is so important. I mean, and, and those kids feel that. And when it's authentic, 
man, it's powerful. That that is a that is a powerful thing for our kids to experience. That's really good. Well, good. Well, let's let's transition maybe away from the fun and, and maybe to some some things that you guys may have heard as far as maybe some pain points or or some common questions that you guys heard throughout this year. Anything that that came up this year from from leaders? Yeah, Tim, I'll, I'll tackle this one. Um, you know, it seemed like I had heard quite a bit about, hey, we, we just don't have the leaders. We need more leaders. Um, we need um, to try to get more people involved and, and people not just, just to be there, but people that are like passionate about uh, the work that they're doing and, and discipling these kids. And, and oftentimes I just kind of connect with the, the, you know, leaders and, and have, have them understand that, you know, if, if you want to try to get more leaders casting a vision is so important, you know, to the church and, and, and going up individually and, and saying, Hey, I see something about you. You might fit, you know, in what we're doing and then just share about the importance of child discipleship and the impact that they could have in the life of, of a kid. And that seems to be, you know, to ring pretty true that it's all about vision, casting vision, um, and vision sells. And so, uh, I think that that might be an answer maybe to those of you out there like saying, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of that. I'm struggling with, you know, finding the leaders. How do we do that? Another thing I've also kind of been hearing a lot of is actually, also in the area of in the kids, you know, post COVID, right. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I just don't have the kids. Where are the kids? And, you know, I think the challenges with sports and all kinds of things that are uh, going on in the life of the, of these kids in their homes and uh, the you know challenges there. And, and I just kind of encourage, you know, let, you know, keep obviously advertising, you know, through Facebook or different ways that you can connect in your community with letting people know that you exist and that you're offering this, um, um, service and child, you know, discipling children and, uh, doing that, but then also just kind of being excited about what the Lord has brought, right. That even if it's one kid or two kids or five kids, it doesn't matter. The numbers don't matter. It's opportunities to, to make disciples and the kids that God brings along your path is, you know, those are the kids that he wants to have there. And it's, it's really important to, to lay into that and, and to remember that. That's good, Scott. I, and isn't it interesting? I, I love that you bring that up from, from Michigan. We're here in Southern California, and it's the same issues. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're all dealing with the same kind of things. Um, lack of leaders, lack of... Um, actually, I think, Hunter, before we, we got started, you were talking about um, lack of uh, lack of leaders that are, are really passionate about the ministry. Talk, talk to us a little bit about what you were, what you were talking about there, Hunter. Yeah, so you do hear this a lot, and I feel like that in children's ministry in general, whether it's Awana clubs or whatever, getting volunteers is always going to be hard because um, children's ministry is one of those things where you don't get to see immediate fruit and results. So that can make it hard for someone to want to immediately jump to volunteer. But another thing I'm seeing too, and I I heard this from quite a few churches is it's not so much a lack of volunteers, it's a lack of ownership from their volunteers. And what I mean by that is they they were just saying that they were struggling for leaders to come prepared. They were struggling for leaders to come on time. And there just seemed to be a a lack of passion that they were just winging it. Mm -hmm. And what can happen when leaders do that, when they have a lack of ownership that, hey, this is my ministry where I'm going to make disciples, um, what that can do is it can communicate a few things to the kids. It can communicate, oh, well, if they're not coming prepared, I don't need to come prepared. If they're not coming on time, well, then this doesn't really matter. 
And so the way in which not just being part of the ministry, but the way in which we own it and serve in it speaks volumes to our kids. You know, we talk about belong, believe, become. A lot of that falls on how the leader is operating in the ministry. And so I, that's definitely a pain point I've seen. And I think it goes all the way back to the purpose of why we do what we do. You know, Awana Clubs, it's not just to say our church has a program for kids. Awana Clubs is not just something, hey, we're going to watch your kids for an hour and a half so you can go to Bible study. No, we do Awana Clubs because we want to disciple the greatest generation of disciples we can. We want to do this for the glory of God and for the future of the church. And when you paint that beautiful picture of what Awana Clubs is about, it can completely change how leaders enter into their volunteer role and how they own it. And um, sorry, I got a little preachy there, but I'm just saying it's really huge how a leader owns that ministry. And that's definitely a conversation I've had with a lot of people and ministry directors. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important too. I mean, um, to engage, to engage at a, at a level that, that connects to the kids. I mean, you can check a box, um, walk away from your club going, yeah, I did my, I did my duty, but gosh, there's so much more that by, by just engaging and, and being, being about the kids and, and gosh, that's such an important thing. You know, in addition to, um, all of the kind of vision cast type of, of difficulties that we have. Sometimes there are also some administrative pain points. And one of the things that came up to me this year over and over again, as I visited clubs, um, was, was difficult and how we're administering the, the pacing together schedule of TNT, um, when the awards go out, how the, the record card works for awards. And it really signified to me, not just that, like, that's a difficult system. Like it's, it's not really, it's counting to four, but we saw so much staff turnover after COVID that every church, especially legacy churches who had Awana for a long time, even going back to before um, when the TNT books were paced together um, seven years ago, when we got into the new TNT, um, if they'd had Awana for a long time, it was hard to remember, we've got to go back and retrain and give that same great equipping that we did to the leaders from before COVID with these new folks that are coming in. You know, we can't just you know, leave them to, to find what they can on our great training resources, you know, Awana's great training resources. They can go through ABO, but they still may, may still need to sit with a leader in their actual church and say, this is where we keep those things. And here's how our particular Awana calendar means that we treat these individual sections. So um, I really encourage a lot of AMDs who are having trouble with TNT to have a discussion with their TNT director or their TNT leaders um, and then of course, to connect with their missionaries, if they're having, um, really significant troubles with how we get this done, um, in a year, what are some bright ideas for getting around those pain points, but admin's not necessarily like a natural gifting of every person in a ministry. And I, I encourage so many churches that brought that up to be not afraid to like find their own nerd and get them on board helping in ministry. Cause that is, that's a spiritual gift. It's actually in the Bible and like find someone who will use it for your Awana club, even TNT awards. So, so Andrea, talk to us a little bit more. Cause I, I think there may be some churches that, that haven't fully embraced our altogether method in, in TNT and maybe are still functioning from that, move at your own pace kind of mentality T talk to those folks and, and maybe just share a little bit about 
that philosophy of of keeping everyone together and and like you said the pacing of our ministry especially within that TNT space Sure. Yeah. This is actually really near and dear to my heart. Um, having grown up, um, in Awana and being one of those sort of clubber of the year types and quizzing champion types, you know, I found a lot of my self-worth in my achievements at Awana, um, which is not healthy. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> um, and I say all the time now realizing that I was probably 35 before I really understood that people skills are the only skills and Christ was people oriented, um, that I wished that I had a, a fourth grade, you know, at the time guards leader, Trump's leader who would have grabbed me by the back of the neck and said, handbook time, isn't just about you and your recitations. Let's talk about the truth of God's word together. And I think I would have gotten more out of that handbook time or listening time. Mm-hmm. Had we been able to really discuss, um, with our leaders who were solid Christians, but also even hearing from my peers. I never learned perspective taking because I never listened to any of my peers in my Awana small group. And so it's such a precious opportunity in the small group construct when you are focused on one true thing about the Bible for one week, because that truth is going to hit every kid in your group from a different angle based on where they're coming from that week. Not just whether it was a good week or a bad week, but the whole breadth of their previous lived experience means that God's word meets them in the place where they are. And that's different for every kid. And as they're discussing that with, you know, with their classmates and with a leader, the Holy Spirit uses that discussion to touch, not just the kid who's speaking, but the kids who are listening. So that value of being able to grow together as disciples, I mean, that's, that's the body y'all like, that's absolutely a great reason to be pacing kids together. Um, and I, and I tell churches all the time, they're like, but my kids just want to do nine verses. And I'm like, well, there are 10 parts of a TNT section that a kid can do every single week. Right. So, and if they're, if they need to do those 10 portions of one TNT section and they still need more, print them some paragraphs from Psalm 119, right? There's 24. Of them. Um, but most of the time, if a kid has done a solid job, really understanding the Bible study portion of the week, doing the optional parent engagement activity where you get to talk to an adult about the truth of this section, right? That's amazing. You've done your memory verse. You've done last week's review verse. You've done the mission, pray and go section. You've done your silver Bible study and all four gold Bible verses. Then maybe just take a breath and let the Holy spirit talk to you about all of that stuff you just encountered, Hmm. right? maybe don't even be fighting to do every other word because there is a moment to listen to what the Holy spirit has for you in that section you learned. Um, and we want to leave space for that. So that's good. That's good. Scott, I'd like to go back to something that, that you were talking about. I think, I think we brushed over. Um, we, we talked pretty in depth about the leader side of things. What about that kid's side of things? If a, if a church is struggling to, to bring those kids back, what have you guys seen? Um, particularly in this year, post COVID, I know I've got a couple churches that have just restarted from COVID. One of the things that, that I would, I would, 
highly focus on, and, and we've already been talking about it, um, is that belong piece. Um, and, and I truly believe that, that if, if our leaders, and I, and I said this, I think already in this podcast, um, if, if we will be authentic about caring for our kids, um, they, they are, they're like sponges for that. Um, and, and it has to be authentic because they will, they will see right through you if, if you're trying to fake that. Um, and, and I truly believe as soon as that child feels that sense of belonging, guess what? They're going to want to invite their friends. Um, they're going to want their friends to, to be a part of that as well. Um, I think the other thing that, that we need to do with in that context too is is just encourage that great commission lifestyle um and 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 expect that our kids who have the same level of holy spirit um ross i know in in, in the child discipleship podcast um often mentions uh denise keysbo um when when she mentioned you know our, our our clubbers don't have a junior version of the holy spirit um they have the same holy spirit that we do um and we can challenge them in that that you know what they have the same holy spirit they have that same great commission um, or should have that same great commission focus on their friends, um, to bring their friends in. And, and I think if we can challenge them around that, um, that, that, that will encourage, um, them to bring their friends in, um, and we can see, see growth, um, in that. So Tim, I really liked that concept of, you know, recognizing that if we have a healthy club, meaning we have a club full of, um, adults that want to love on kids, you know, being that loving, caring adult, I think that is extremely attractive uh, for growing a club, right? Um, yeah, I think I think we've changed in the past uh, to where at one time club was attractive because it had game time. The kids would come and, oh, games are awesome. I love, this is so much fun, right? Well, now they have a lot of other options in that area. But I think even more so, I think you nailed it. Uh, the kids, kids want uh, somebody to love on them. Kids, kids thrive on that. They need relationship today. You know, I think the phone and everything like that and then busyness and both parents are working or now I'm in, or I'm coming from a divorced home. Like they, they're longing for that connection. Somebody just to ask them, Hey, how was your week? It, we, you know, we were praying for your grandmother. You're praying for my grandmother. You remembered that my grandmother's in the hospital. Like, they they thrive on that and i think that's extremely attractive you know some other ideas and i you know i might mention it earlier a little bit you know just um, connecting with social media and, and engaging in your community to let people know that this exists that your club exists that we want to love on your kids you know and, and at some level with some of the community kids it might be hey this is a opportunity for mommy and daddy to go on a date or go shopping or right. Uh, and, and this is a, a space that, uh, the kids can, you know, get something and, and walk away with it. And somebody who really cares uh, with, for them in a, a highly practical, um, you know, discipleship opportunity for their, for their kids. And I think that also possibly reaching out to other churches, you know, I don't know if we really do that. I think sometimes we think, uh, Hey, this is just for our own kids, right. In our own church. But there may be churches in other in your area that might be smaller that might need some help with just you know discipling children, and so offering you know your club to them and you know getting maybe some leaders from that that could come and help as well. I've I've heard of many churches out there that are starting to kind of 
co do this together, this thing called club. And um, I've seen that to be pretty uh, powerful. I just wanted to tag on a little bit to what you were saying about, you know, kids have the same Holy spirit as adult believers. Um, they don't have the same mission field as us though, because they have their own mission field, right? They can go places to act like Jesus and speak about Jesus that all of us as a screen full of adult missionaries can't go, right? I can't stroll out to the huddle on little Timmy's soccer field um, to act like Jesus and have a good attitude, right? So whether it's front yard hoops or dance class or youth orchestra, um, these kids are going places, taking the love of Christ places where adults cannot go. And so it behooves all of our churches, anyone who is a believer to be equipping children to go to the fields that they're going to, because they're either going there as a missionary or they aren't right. They're still going on the soccer field. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes that helps motivate people when they realize, Oh, this is actually a whole strain of evangelism that our church is choosing not to make as good a use of as we could. Um, and sometimes that helps us equip, <laughs> equip leaders to equip children a little better. That's good. Well, let's uh, let, let's transition here. I, I, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about um, events. Uh, we talk a lot about Grand Prix and stores and uh, just all of those extra things. What do you say to the leader, though, that they don't do that stuff? Are, are they doing something wrong if they don't have all that extra stuff involved in, in their club? How would you guys respond for those folks? My initial response will sound kind of funny at first, but I would say it actually would be wrong to do these things for the sake of just doing them. Everything we do in ministry should have a purpose and doing something just because someone else does it is not a good reason to do it. And so um, I would say, you know, because why do we do events? That's a great question to start with. Why do an event in the first place? And you have to define the when of an event. Is the goal of the event to bring in new kids or is the goal of the event to uh, build camaraderie and belongingness uh, among the kids that already come? Is the goal to get families invo involved? You have to define your win and then you have to ask which type of event capitalizes and maximizes uh, the most out of what we're trying to accomplish. And so for some churches, Grand Prix is just not gonna cut that. For some churches, the Awana store is just not going to cut any of those options. And so um, that's why it's good first to define your win and then say what type of event would fit that and then see what events are out there that kind of fit that that hole you're trying to plug with the event. And that's, that's what I would say. Don't do something just because you hear other churches do it and it's successful for them because it may not be successful for you. It comes back to this whole idea of our philosophy. If we know our kids we'll know what connects with them more and what connects with the one group of kids may not connect with another group. So get to know your community. Sometimes surveys can be helpful for this uh, and, and other things like that to gauge what's going to be successful. But that would, that would just be my initial statement is uh, it, it's not wrong to forego these things. It's wrong to do them, but not know why you're doing them or do them just for the sake of doing them. Yeah, no, Andre, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think it's important for us to re be reminded of what's most important, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and I think if we were to be honest, I, I would hope that our church would understand that child discipleship should be the the goal, right? And so I talked to churches in, in, in Northern Michigan, we have a lot of smaller churches, so they, they, they wrestle with this quite a bit. 
And in talking with them, you know, I, I, I ensure and let them know it's okay to not do Grand Prix. It's okay to not have a store. You know, th these things are extras. And honestly, if those ever get in the way of being able to accomplish the goal of child discipleship, um, don't do them. And by the way, by what I mean by getting in the way, well, oftentimes these smaller churches are like, Ooh, you know, we got to, Oh, we got, we have the grand prix coming up. And so they get all like bent out of shape and all the stuff that they got to do accomplish that and get so wrapped up in that, that they, they forget about the other very important things that are happening in their club. Right. And they get exhausted. And so then it's like, Oh, should we do a WANA next year? Cause oh, there's so much work. Right. And well, why is it so much work? Because you're invested in so, so many of these extra things that really are, are extra, right? They're fun. Certainly I love Grand Prix, right? And you want to store the kids love it. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, those are, those are really extra things. And this, this tool called Awana uh, is all about discipling kids, right? It's all about discipling kids. And that really should be our focus. Just to tack on to that. Absolutely. I was, it brought to mind the most extreme example of that extras sort of swallowing the main point. Um, I had a church that had considered um, actually not using Awana, actually not having any midweek at all um, a couple of years ago. And I, I, you know, asked the commander why. And she said, honestly, it's just that the bikes are just getting so expensive. <laughs> and I mean, I've, I, I know the Iwana catalog, yeah. like front to back. I just don't remember there being bikes. Right? <laughs> and so I asked her what she meant by that. And apparently about five years before they had had an amazing um, church member who for part of their Christmas party was that there were like kind of token gifts that every kid got as their Christmas party, little gift bags, goodie bags. Well, that one year that donor decided they were going to buy every child. 100 children in this Awana club, a bike, <laughs> which, which like, okay, praise the Lord, right? If that's how he leads you to, to spend your money, go for it. But it sets sort of an expectation, like a precedent for these kids to think they're getting a bike at Christmas from Awana every year. And after a couple of years of doing that, they were just like, we can't afford bikes every year for our lovers, which I think is reasonable. I think most of us can understand that that's, that's a pretty significant item, but, but what they were losing sight of was that there were so many beautiful things that their club was providing these 100 kids, um, over the course of an Awana year that it didn't need to be bikes. Um, and so the way we actually handled that was then to have the kids um, collect money um, to help a children's, a, a women's and children's shelter to actually um, do an offering to buy bikes for them. And that's how they turned the narrative about bikes at Christmas time um, from a receiving to a giving. And they were able to, you know, resume having normal Awana. But yes, don't buy all of the children bikes and then quit Awana because you can't afford their handbooks, please. <laughs> I was going to say, I think a good way to summarize kind of the things we're talking about here is don't major on the minors until you've mastered the majors. Mm -hmm. And here, here's what I mean by that is don't get your thoughts shifting toward, oh, this event or th this large event until you've really honed in on what you do week in and week out. That's good. That's good, Hunter. Thank you for that. Well, uh, as as we land this plane, so to speak, on this uh, final episode of season two, I'd love for you guys just to speak to the leaders as as they're entering into their summer break. What what's what's some things that they can be focusing on or be intentional about um, as as they go into summer? Well, I'm the resident type A, so I might start with the things that can be on, on the list um, and or a chart. 
um, your Alana year is wrapping up, you know, this is the season finale of, of season two for the podcast. And so it's easy to really look at, um, as a time of ending happening to you, but really, um, the Awana year is a cycle, which means as soon as your club meetings for this year, um, are wrapping up and you're celebrating maybe with a family celebration, um, you know, that you're already planning, brainstorming, tweaking things that maybe didn't work perfectly, um, for the next Awana year. For me, the biggest thing that I want you to be doing, um, during June is to be receiving feedback from your faithful volunteers for this year. So they know things about how to be putting your ministry on an upward spiral to success. Um, but they're not, they may not be able to grab you on a Wednesday night to tell you their gem, you know, or it may take a while for it to, you know, kind of gel in their head to share it with you, but make space for them to share feedback with you um, at the beginning of summer before they're all covered up with family vacations and stuff, right? As your year ends, um, give them a space to, to tell you what they need. Um, Cause you may retain a leader by caring about what they say, and you can address whatever their concern was, which improves your club. So that's a, that's a win-win for everyone. Um, but really your summer is this beautiful bridging time. It's not just the relief of a break of not having club weekly. Um, but it's a time where you have a little more space to do some of the intentional things you may not have time for in November or in February. So over the summer, you know, prepare your staff, have them start praying, even just for a list of kids who were there last year, working under the assumption that maybe they'll come back. So you can have your leaders preparing spiritually to re-enter their roles. And if any of them are stepping out into other ministry roles, June and July are the time to replace them. <laughs> it is not August 20th. August 20th is not the time to replace a leader. Okay. So find out who you need to replace all summer. Keep an eye on those people at VBS and say, Hey, do they have what it takes to be a disciple maker long-term for a year in my ministry? And then go get them Cast that vision for those new people. Um, so that you're not pulling your hair out on August 20th when it's time for a wanna Sunday, Sunday registration party. And you've got, you know, not enough leaders on board. I think I would add to that too. Um, it is very important that we are feeding ourselves and we are resting for our own spiritual health, emotional health, for our family's health, for all of it. Um, in our culture, we tend to, um, rest from our work. And I've heard um, someone say, it's really important that we rest so that we can do the work that God has given us to do. Um, if we're coming to our work from a place of empty, we're not gonna be able to do everything that God has intended for us to do, um, to fulfill our calling, to disciple kids, to lead leaders. Um, so this is, summer's a great time. I totally agree with everything Andrea said, but also make sure that you're being filled somehow. Maybe it's your opportunity to do a Bible study with friends or um, to be fed in some way, listening to more podcasts, listening to sermons, listening, um, just reading your Bible and listening to God. Um, it's your opportunity to fill yourself again so that you can do everything that God has um, created and prepared for you to do. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, Linnea and Andrea. Great, great advice, great things to consider. I think want to add as well, um, when we think about uh, the, the loving, caring adult and the leader in the church, sometimes I think we're stuck in a, okay, Wednesday night or Sunday night or whenever your club meets. Um, I want to encourage your leaders out there to consider going beyond the club 
Um, and summertime can be a great opportunity to connect with the kids that are within your small group or within your ministry to make a phone call um, or send a note or, you know, go, go watch a baseball game with one of your, you know, kids that are in your small group. Those, those opportunities are incredible and it really can speak in the life of a, of a child um, or teen and really impact them in a, in a great way to where they can uh, see, Hey, it's just not, you know, so-and-so on Wednesday night or Sunday night, they really care. They really love on me. And, and, um, that can be a great way to bridge even to the next year, uh, with these kids and the relationships we have with them. And so just another, another idea. I completely agree with that, Scott. I was actually just thinking this morning, I lead a group of, um, journey senior girls. So they're getting ready to launch into college and life after high school. And, um, I just convicted this morning that I, my relationship with them does not end in May. And could I be doing something this summer that's completely easy? Not, I don't have to prepare for it. I just showing up, praying together, talking about life, whatever, just something easy to keep those relationships going. I think that's very important. Well, I will say thank you again to our, our hosts um, for a fantastic season two. I also want to say thank you to you, the listener, because you guys aren't just listeners. You guys are leaders. Um, you guys are leaders to kids week in and week out in, in this program we call Awana. And you guys are why we do what we do. Um, and quite honestly, this ministry does not exist without you. Um, and so I want to say thank you for, for your dedication to each of those kids. That, that the Lord has uh, brought into your ministry. He orchestrated those kids for your ministry and your faithfulness week in, week out in investing in those lives will have an, a, an eternal blessing. Um, and so I just, I want to thank you guys for, um, for all that you guys do for, for this ministry. So uh, we look forward to season three. We look forward to, to joining with you guys. God bless you guys. Have a great summer and we'll see you guys next year. Thanks for listening to the Awana Clubs podcast. The Awana Clubs podcast is a product of Awana Audio. All rights reserved. Your support and donations to the Awana ministry make it possible for us to partner with 62,000 churches in over 130 countries. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more information about what was discussed in this episode, as well as more details about today's hosts and their ministry. If you like this episode, you'll also like the Child Discipleship Podcast, where new episodes drop every Thursday. Our theme song is Jackpot by Made to Be from their album, You Know a Better Way. You also heard their song Throne from their album, Save Me From Myself. This podcast is executive produced by Tim Sandoval, mixed and edited by Marlon Washington, and content support is provided by me, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.